0: Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Today, I get to speak to the women in the room. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I, I don't claim to be an expert on women, but I do know this. If the women in my life would, would learn to listen to me, my life would be much easier Uh, But but they don't they don't go ahead and get all your amens out now men Um, Between my wife and my daughter and my mom and my mother-in-law I've come to realize that I don't have anything figured out about women at all at all But yet i'm a glutton for punishment and and I will once again attempt on this mother's day 2019 To peel back the layers of womanhood and speak to the opposite sex in the room And my message today is geared towards the women pray for me Please pray for me. Um, I, I do want to give some very uh, wise advice to the men in the room. Listen close to me, men, look up, listen, that's Rocky's going to help you out. If you agree with anything that I say today, shh. if you feel tempted at any moment to say amen, men. Just don't listen to me. I'm going to keep you from getting in trouble. Okay. If you feel led in some way to nudge your wife as I am speaking, don't, just don't do it. The Holy Spirit does not need your help today to convict her. Let him work on his own and keep yourself out of the doghouse. Okay. So men, this is that moment, um, that men are to be silent in church. Okay. So this is that moment. We know this, that just because a person is born a male, that that in itself does not make them a man. Stay with me. It seems like society latches hold of that one a, a, a lot easier because we, we, we understand that there's some responsibilities that come with manhood. And so just because a person is born a male, it doesn't make them a man And in the same sense, I want to offer this to you today, that just because a person is born female, that does not make them a woman. The title of woman, I believe, is something that is earned. I believe becoming a woman takes a a lot of responsibility. And and, and I know that I am am married to one tough woman, not tough to live with, not tough to live with. I want to keep myself out of the doghouse today. But I do know this, she is a tough, tough woman. And we as men, I don't think we can handle uh, the, the pain tolerance that women have. Um, I, I, I'll be the first to admit that, that Mandy has endured much more pain in her life than I have uh, physical pain. And, and I, I know that, man, I, I get a, a common cold and I'm out. I'm done. And, and Mandy has, has pressed through these things for years and, and things much worse. And, and she's a lot more tougher than I am. And so I, I, I wanted to answer this question today and, and I, you know, I, I typed it out. I even made it bold in my notes because I, I, I wanted to answer this for us um, because this is not a, a, a usual Mother's Day message. I'm not talking about the Proverbs 31 woman and I'm not talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. I'm not looking to those examples. This is very different, but yet I still want to answer this question. What makes a woman a woman? What makes a woman a woman? And, and I've come to the conclusion that what makes a woman a woman is God. That's it. God is what makes a woman a woman. You see, when God created man, he created man out of the, the dust of the ground. He created him out of dirt. And, and it's a Hebrew word called yatsar, which means formed. It's, it's like you would take Play-Doh in your hand and you would form the Play-Doh. And so God gathered up some, some dust, some dirt, and he, yatsar, he he. Formed man, then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. But when you get to the scripture where Eve was created, when woman was created, it's a different Hebrew word altogether. And and the Hebrew word used there is bana, and bana means that he created her with intricate detail. It wasn't like man, where he just scoops up some dirt and blows some air into him, and he becomes alive. He spent time so much time that he had to put Adam to sleep. Okay, there was a a surgical operation involved in this. He puts him to sleep, so he's he's under anesthesia for a while as as he creates Eve in detail. And and so, men, here's what this tells me, and and women, you can feel free to amen right now, even though they can't. Um, Men, this tells me that we simply men are dirt. (laughs) Men are dirt. And women are complicated. Women are complicated. Good job, men. I was afraid one of you was going to be a moron and you was going to amen right there. Don't do it. Don't do it. So men are dirt. Women are complicated. And that's all I got today. Let's pray. Father, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I have had a lot of experience with women, not the kind of experience that you just thought about. I've had a lot of experience with women that I was born and raised by one. Uh, I have been married to the same one for 23 and a half years. Yes, I deserve an award. It should be Rocky Day, not Mother's Day. No, seriously, it should be Mandy Day. She's had to live with me for 23 and a half years. Don't nod your head at me like that (laughs) one. I've had a lot of experience with women because I have fathered one and helped raise her. And so my entire life, I've had women in my life and close proximity to my life Um, And so I feel like I've got a pretty good understanding of women. And with all this experience, I've come to realize that men are just not as tough as women. And I'm going to keep pushing that at you because I want you to understand, women, God created you to be tough. Notice I didn't say stronger. You're not stronger than men. But when it comes to being tough, you're tough. And Women God created you to be tough and and by the end of this message today I want some of you that don't have that understanding yet I want you to walk out of here with that understanding that God created you as a woman to be tough as a woman of God He created you to be tough and so today on this Mother's Day I want to speak on the subject one tough mother one tough mother I want to read a passage from the Bible that causes some people to question the heart of Jesus. And, and I fought with this. I have battled with this all week. Um, early in the week, or actually a couple of weeks ago when we started planning Mother's Day out, I, um, I, I knew which direction I was heading with this. And then as I got to studying it and reading it more, I thought, no, let, let me do something a little bit more traditional, you know. Um, uh, and, and God just wouldn't allow me to do that. And so I'm I'm back to my original text, and I can promise you this, it's not an easy text to preach, but yet I'm going to try and do my best with it today, and it's going to be very different for Mother's Day, but that's all right. Um, And and I want you to realize that, I want to preface it with this, what I'm about to read to you is tough to take in. Some of you, you've never read this passage before, And, and others, you've read it, but you just flew right by it and you didn't realize actually what was happening, what was being said, but there's a moment in our text that becomes extremely uncomfortable and, and it's like that moment when one of your favorite celebrities or one of your favorite politicians makes a comment that you just can't defend and you're like, why did you say that? Why, why would you say that publicly? Even if you're thinking that, why would, you, why would you voice that? And it's that moment in scripture in Matthew chapter 15 that we're gonna be reading from and, and I want you to understand that even in studying this, it was uncomfortable for me, and I really had to dig deep because I wanted to know what, what the master was saying, what Jesus, what our, our, our teacher, our rabbi, our friend, I wanted to know what he was saying. And so Matthew chapter 15, I'm going to start reading at verse 21. Matthew 15 and 21. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon, And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her, "O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. You know, when we read this passage, we, we get lost with this story because of two strange phenomenons. The first one is this, is that it involves an exorcism and so right off the bat most of us in the room we're like oh no i don't want anything to do with that because all we you know picture is linda blair and her head spinning around and that kind of stuff and so we're like no i don't want any of that and so we we try our best just to put that on the back burner and we keep moving on and and soon we forget about that part altogether because there's this next part that you cannot ignore um because it just jumps off the pages at you and, and it's this is that Jesus seemingly insults this woman pretty deeply. I mean he just called her a dog. And that messes with me. It it, it should mess with you because we just can't ignore this and move on through the gospels um, but, uh, because it paints a picture of Jesus differently than the way that we like to see him. And, and that's what I'm talking about. This becomes very uncomfortable for us to look at and to study because Jesus insults this woman and that's not the Jesus that we're used to. We're, 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 we like reading about the Jesus that is full of mercy and grace. And we like God is love. That's what we like to read. That's what we want to hear. But, but Jesus calls this woman a dog and, and we've got to look at this and we've got to figure out why would he call this mom an animal? Why, why would he refer to her? As this, Because if I would have said this, if I would have stood up here and made that statement today and and called a mom in this room a dog, um, it would have hit the news. TV 20 would run it at 6 o'clock tonight. I can see it now. Newberry pastor calls a Canaanite woman a canine. (laughs) It would have happened. If I would have said something like that publicly, it would have made the front page of the Gainesville Sun, DCC pastor makes a racial slur. That's what would have been said. The citizens of Newberry Facebook forum that so many of you are part of, it would have blown up today, you know, and and some of you would have been throwing shade at your pastor. You know, you would have jumped on that bandwagon. You wouldn't have defended me because that would be a stupid comment for me to make. For me to call a mom up here and say, you dog, in order for you to understand this conversation between Jesus and what mark refers to as the syrophoenician woman this canaanite woman you must have an understanding of where they were at and what jesus was trying to accomplish In order for you to understand the dialogue that takes place, you've got to dig deeper than what we can see in Scripture because we're not reading it in the original Greek, and you've got to really understand what was being said before you come to a conclusion on on whether or not uh, uh, Jesus is is some chauvinistic pig. You've got to look at it, and you've got to look at the details of it. First of all, we understand that this woman was a Gentile. She was a non-Jew. And Jesus made it very plain that at that moment, his gospel was for the Jews. It was not for the Gentiles. Uh, that's going to come later. And, and, and we understand that the gospel w- would be opened up to all of us who are non-Jews. But she was Syrophoenician. She was a resident of, of Tyre and, and Sidon. And, and this was the same area where 850 years earlier, the prophet Elijah stood on this same ground and there, he had a very different response to a woman in need. You see, the prophet Elijah encountered a woman, a widow, and he looked at her and said, I want you to make me some bread. I want you to make me a cake. And, and, and she says, I don't have any food. I barely have any flour in the cupboard. I, I don't have enough to feed my family and he says, live by faith. He said, I want you to make me that, that bread and, and, and when you do, God's gonna supply. And sure enough, he blesses this woman and she's faithful, she, she uses the last that she has and, and makes him some bread and God fills it so much that, that she's able to feed not only the prophet Elijah but also her entire family and has some left over and God tremendously blesses her through that faith. But, 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 but you just keep reading just a few verses later and, and then her son dies and, and she's faced this tragic moment and Elijah has so much compassion on her that he goes and he raises her son from the dead but that's not the response that Jesus gives this Syrophoenician woman no 850 years later Jesus has a completely different response it doesn't look like he's being very compassionate at all he seems insensitive and unwilling to help her even ignoring her first comments another interesting fact about this area was that it was the birthplace of one of the most evil people to ever walk this planet. Her name was Jezebel. And Jezebel married the king of Israel, Ahab, and and, and with her she brought some weird practices into the kingdom and she single-handedly brought down the royal house and, and the nation of Israel. And through Jezebel, bell worship, the the worship of false gods was introduced to God's chosen people, to Israel, to the Jews. And and she was the driving force behind the murder of of God's prophets. She didn't like God's prophets and what they had to say. And and so she had them murdered. She once, just to show you how evil she, she is, she once had a man killed just because she wanted to acquire his land. She wanted his acreage. She wanted his land. And so she has the man killed. That's how evil that she is. And eventually, through his prophet Elijah, God says that he is going to allow the dogs to eat her flesh for the evil that she has committed. And indeed, upon her death, the dogs did eat her flesh. Hold on to that. So pardon Jesus just for a moment. Because for his entire life, Jews have been taught that the Syrophoenicians were cruel and unclean people. Don't do business with these people. Don't be caught near them. They, 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 there were some serious, serious racial tensions between Israel and these idolatrous neighbors, and they wanted nothing to do with each other. But just because he was raised that way, I have a hard time buying into that. Knowing the heart of God, I doubt very seriously that Jesus was making a racial sl- slur. I don't, I don't think that he was doing that at all. And so it caused me to dig deep. And what I found out is that the, the English word dog can be expressed by at least two different Greek words. The first word is kouan. And, and "kuon" is a derogatory term that carried with it an expression of uncleanliness. That if you were to call someone a, a kouan, uh, it, it would kind of be like this. If, if I was to today in this room on Mother's Day 2019 if I was to 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 look at all the men in the room and say men are nothing but kuans it's not a nice thing for me to say I'm saying men are nothing but dogs all men are kuans all men are dogs we see this word used numerous times throughout the New Testament and each time it's carrying a negative connotation with it it was common for first century Jews to call Gentiles dogs using that word kuan. but but Jesus didn't use that word. That's how we read it. But Jesus didn't use kuon. Jesus instead used the word cunarion. Cunarion, which was used more as a term of affection for household pets. And if I were to use the word Q on today and to describe someone, you could take that as offensive, but canary on had a different connotation to it. It, it, it would kind of like me be looking at, at some of your cute kids. And I was like, look at him. He just looks like a little cute puppy. And I just grab his little cheeks and just pinch him, you know, that kind of thing. And you're not going to be offended that I just called your kid a cute little puppy. Not at all. And Jesus uses this less damaging, more affectionate term to refer to this woman. I know it's not near as cute when you say it to a, to a grown woman, but still, it, it's not the way that we would interpret this when he could have used the derogatory term. Instead, he, he uses a, a different word, and the whole point of this was not to crush her and, and not to, to wound her spirit and all this. He was saying what he was saying to test her. One of the best ways for me to describe this is to refer to one of my favorite movies, The Shawshank Redemption, on TV. If you're going to watch it, only watch it on TV. But one of my favorite, every time it's on, I'm flipping the channels and I see, you know, uh, Shawshank Redemption, when it comes on just, you know, regular network uh, television. I stop and I watch it. And there's this one scene that always stands out to me. And in this one scene, there's this fellow inmate by the name of Tommy Williams. And, and, and Tommy approaches Andy, Andy, Andy Dufresne, and he asks him uh, for his help. And he says, I, I want to pass. Um, my high school equivalency. I want to pass that test. Would you help me? Andy's a pretty smart guy. And he says, would you help me, Andy? And and Andy replies, and it kind of catches you off guard if, if, if you watch the whole movie because it doesn't seem like this is his heart. Andy replies with these words. He says, I don't waste my time on losers, Tommy. And if you only watch that one scene, you're going to have a different mindset of who Andy is if you only watch that one scene because if you watch the movie you'll know that, that Andy is not the kind of guy that is going to talk to people that way he cares about people and, 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 and so you will cast judgment on him if you don't see the whole movie and, and when you do you'll understand that that Andy calls him a loser for a purpose and if you continue that scene you'll realize that Andy uses the term to test Tommy's resolve he wants to, to see if, if, if he has what it takes to put forth the work to put forth the effort he, he, he's almost just just trying to inspire him with 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 the term loser like do you have it i I don't work with losers tommy are you a loser is that what you are nandy was willing to work with him to put him to that test church jesus was not calling her a dog to insult her to her face not at all he was calling her what he did to test her faith And I know it's hard for us to understand the ways of God. But he was trying to expose her humility to see if she was ready for the blessing that he had reserved for her. Let me ask you a question. Women, look at me and please listen to me closely. Are you willing for God to expose your humility in order to receive the blessing that he has reserved for you? Because that's what God longs for. He's looking for the humble, not the proud. He's looking for someone that will walk in humility and understand that it's just a blessing to be in the very presence of God. And whatever you get on top of that is icing on the cake and that you don't deserve anything. But yet through His grace and mercy, He gives you everything. The objects of this statement that Jesus makes, it seems to reveal what was really being said when you, when you look at the history of 850 years ago of what we just, what we just looked at. It's not a coincidence that Jesus uses bread and dogs. Perhaps there's a question within his statement. Maybe Jesus, in making the statement to her, was asking her, so what kind of Syrophoenician are you? Are you like the humble, desperate widow or are you like the proud Idol-worshipping Jezebel. Which one are you? And standing on that territory where all of that took place, where there's so much hatred between the two groups of people, Jesus is looking for an answer from her. From her. And, and, and this woman passes the test with flying colors. How does she do it? Because I'll tell you, she is one tough mother. That's what she is. She is one tough mother. She refuses to let a harsh word or insult cost her her child's deliverance. Women, listen to me. Don't let someone's statement about your child, someone's statement about you, cost you your children's future. I know some men and some women that could learn a lot from this woman. You see, we live in a world that is so easily offended, people looking for a reason to be upset. Have you noticed that? Everywhere I go, it seems like somebody wants to be upset about something. And we've we've adopted this this uh, this this victim mentality is what it is. And and, and people are finding their identity and becoming the victim. And, and and if that's you, let let me just let me just say this to you, stop. Just stop being the victim There's nothing great that's going to come out of you being the victim and at some point There's going to be some tough woman that says I'm no longer the victim I'm gonna rise above this and I'm gonna get what I want from my God because my God wants to bless me And I'm willing to do whatever I have to do to go after him It's kind of like that woman with the issue of blood that, that, That she would not take no for an answer and she would press her way through a crowd Just to touch the hem of his garment because she knew if I can touch the hem of his garment i will be healed and so nothing is going to hold her back not what anybody is saying about her i'm going to make a beeline for jesus and i'm going to get there one way or another even though the disciples were telling jesus send her away who has time for this woman she's not one of us she's not from the house of israel and and, and she knew who she was and more importantly she knew where she was at have you thought about that she knew where she was at she knew That she's not the one out of place here. She's in Gentile territory. This is where she lives. Jesus and his disciples wandered into Gentile territory. She belongs there. They don't. Let me tell you something. If God ever wanders into your territory, you stop everything you're doing and make sure you get his blessing. If Jesus ever steps foot in the middle of your mess, wherever it's at, then you make sure that you are doing everything you can just to get to him, to present your request to him, because if he's wandered into your territory, he has showed up there on purpose. It's not on accident, and God wants to bless you. She knew who she was. She knew where she was at. Despite the fact that that Jesus initially ignored her, that the disciples wanted to chase her away, that Jesus, even in his delayed response, C- compared his attention to her with giving the children's bread to the dogs She insisted that her child deserved help and she would not let God deny her Sometimes I wonder if God is just sitting there waiting just saying don't let me deny you you come after me You come after me with your whole heart You seek me diligently and when you seek me you will find me Sometimes I just wonder if God wants us seeking after him that heart And this woman refused to let a harsh word keep her from her heart's desire and she kept her focus and she even responded with a comment that impressed jesus this is how she passed the test because in an act of humility instead of rising up in pride and saying you can't talk to me like that she responds in verse 27 she said yes lord yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table in other words i don't need your full blessing because just the crumbs, if I can just get what, what are, what's left over when everything else, when everyone else has been touched, when their lives have been changed, if I can just get the crumbs that fall, just the blessings that just fall off the table, th- that'll be enough. That'll be enough to deliver my child. That'll be enough to bring deliverance to the child that I love, that I gave birth to. And, and Lord, I'm just here just to catch the leftovers. But here's, here's what I know about God. God never blesses you with leftovers. When God blesses you, you get the full blessing. Oh, a leftover would be enough. It would change your entire life. But he says, I'm I'm not satisfied with that. I'm not satisfied with giving you leftovers because when I show up, I'm going to bless you. You're going to get the the full-course meal sitting out before you. You're going to get to enjoy what everybody else wants to enjoy. I just wonder... if if maybe this woman was there just a few chapters earlier, Matthew chapter 7, was she in the background somewhere listening to Jesus teach? Because she has such tenacity. She has such courage in approaching him when when she shouldn't have been approaching him. When a Gentile should never walk up to a Jew, she has this confidence. And I wonder if she was there standing in the background somewhere listening to him preach in Matthew chapter 7 when he said these words. He says, ask and it will be given to you. He didn't say, hey, you Jews, ask and it will be given to you. You Gentiles, you're out of luck. That's not what he said. He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be open." Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children? How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? You see, this woman is an example of what a determined woman looks like. Men, listen to me. If you are ever standing in the path of a determined woman, move. She will run through you. And if you're ever standing in the path of a woman trying to get to God, if you're not trying to get to God with her, get out of her way because she'll knock you right into him. This woman is that example of what it looks like for a mother that will not take no for an answer when it comes to her child. A woman that's determined to see her children succeed even if they live on the wrong side of the tracks. A woman that is determined to see value in her child when no one else can see the value of her child. A woman that is so determined and and with such strength of determination she gets what her heart's desire was. And Jesus says, your child, is made whole. She is healed. Closing, I want to share with you an instance that happened during my, my daughter's sophomore year of college. She was living in a dorm, and that weekend, she was supposed to be on a retreat with her Greek club sisters, and they were heading to a they were heading to a cabin up in the mountains and, and she was going to spend the whole weekend there. It was Friday afternoon and, and she was supposed to be there through Sunday. She was so excited about it. Kendall was looking forward to it. And Mandy and I had gone out to eat with another couple from our church. And I remember we were sitting at Olive Garden and, and that evening and Mandy gets the phone call from Kendall and she's like, Mom, I'm so sick. I can't go. And you could just hear how pitiful it was on the other line. And and I knew, I knew Mandy's about to make a trip up there and and she needed to. We couldn't get out of that restaurant fast enough. By the time we got home, Mandy is already throwing stuff in a bag and she is ready to hit the road. And I look at her and I said, Mandy, it's 10 o'clock at night. I said, tell her to take some medicine, let it knock her out. You get four or five hours of sleep, hit the road, you'll be there by the time she wakes up. Mandy looks at me and she says, there's nobody there to keep her hydrated. There's no one there to to care for her. All of the girls are gone. It's just Kendall staying in the dorm. It's it's just her. And I tried my best. And and then finally, I realized I am messing with a woman who is determined. In that moment, she was determined. And so I, I took my own advice and I just stepped out of the way. You go to Tennessee, girl. You do whatever you have to do. You get there. She did what so many of you do. Mandy calls her mom, who's as determined as Mandy. And on the way to Tennessee, she goes through Lake City and picks her up, and these two determined women hit the road. And I'm thinking to myself, I, I, I would hate to be a state trooper that pulls her over. <laughs> that woman is ready to get to her baby girl, and nothing was going to keep her from getting to Kendall. Women... Raising children is full of so much joy, but it's also full of so much heartache. And as a man, I get it, but I don't fully understand it completely. There's something about that mother's heart and that mother's love, and and I don't always understand it, but I get it. And women, I want to tell you, don't ever stop pursuing Jesus for your children. The circumstances may look like It's hopeless sometimes. For some of you, you've got older kids and and they're not serving God right now and it's breaking your heart. Keep pressing in towards Jesus. Let the insults just slide right off your back. Stay humble and approach Christ in that humility. He resists the prowl but he gives grace to the humble approach the throne with humility and go after Jesus for your children for some of you your children are young and you just hate this world that you're having to raise them in I want to tell you something and let this be just an awakening moment for you the world has been wicked since the fall of humanity there is not anything that's happening right now that hasn't happened in years past and I know we feel like sometimes that, that, that we, we are in, in, in an age of such um, uh, oppression against Christianity. It's always been there. We just, we've just lived in a very young nation that was founded on Christianity and now we're, we're just kind of adapting and cre- uh, catching up to the rest of the world. But it's always been there. But I can promise you that oppression does not scare Jesus. And when we are faithful and seeking after Jesus, when we just go after Jesus for our children and for our families, when we refuse to take no for an answer, when we become like Jacob that's wrestling with an angel, I will not let go until you bless me. And there's something that God honors with that when you just say, I'm not letting go. Jesus, I'm not taking no for an answer. My child needs healing my child needs protection my child needs deliverance but there's something about that mother's love and that mother's heart women do not give up keep going after Jesus he's listening and I have complete confidence that you're gonna pass this test in Jesus name Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.